Money, Riches, and Wealth is sponsored by the Financial Consulate. Say you don't need no diamond rings and I'll be satisfied. Tell me that you want the kind of things the money just can't buy. I don't care too much for money. Money can buy me love. This is Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Time now for Money, Riches, and Wealth. Here's your host, Drew Tignanelli. This is Drew Tignanelli here with Money, Riches, and Wealth. And tonight, co-host is Michael P. McCarthy. Happy to be here as always. How are you tonight, Mikey? Oh, an ear infection, you know, all the stuff that comes with fall allergies. There you go. Well, you know, it'll be over soon, Mike. It'll be be. winter before you know it, you know? Anyway, uh, we're here tonight on an open show. We love to do open shows. Our listeners keep calling in and asking questions, and as long as you're calling in asking questions, then we're here to answer them for you. If you have a topic, personal finance, that you wanted to ask, uh, whether it's tax planning, whether it's Social Security, Medicare, maybe you have questions about insurances, auto, home, life, long-term care, Maybe you have questions about tax planning. This is the time of year you do your tax planning. You don't wait until April 15th to do your tax planning. You do it now. <clears throat> you think out what your income is going to be. You think out what you can do to uh, maximize your tax efficiency. This is the time to be doing it. Not next year when you're, uh, the year's over. There's nothing you can really do. So uh, this is a great time to do tax planning. So anything, if it's 529 plans, uh, you know, uh, college planning, uh, you know, elder care, you know, have elderly parents or or maybe your spouse is uh, needing potentially uh, long-term care, uh, this is uh, the type of things that we can answer for you and talk to you about and try to give you some insight and it might help you with your situation. But you get to be the guest tonight. You get to say hey, this is what's important to me. Let's talk about this, and we'll focus on what you specifically want to talk about. So if you want to do that, the easy way to call in, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680, if you want to call in and direct the conversation. Our listeners are our guests. 410-922-6680 is the way to call in. And ask your question. And Mikey's going to let me know who's online. Absolutely. Well, right now, all lines are open. So if you're deciding whether or not you should call in, you know, this is a great time to do so. 410-922-6680. So, Mike, this morning, I was talking to Sean about uh, in 2024, retirement plans are going to have new, 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 new laws. And there's about six or seven new uh, things for 401ks. Um, And it just goes to show how ridiculously complicated this gets on a day-to-day basis. They just keep piling on these laws, changing this, changing that. You can do this this year, this, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I went through a bunch of them this morning. But uh, I see you've got a caller online, so we might as well always like to deal with the caller. So let's go right to that Tom's question. All right, Tom, how can we help? Hey, how you doing today? Doing great. Hey, I have a, I'm turning 71 next month, and I had a, uh, my financial guy recommended for me to switch some of my IOAs over to, over to Roth IOAs. Okay. Uh, because he's saying that the, at the end of 2024... 
the Trump tax cuts uh, are ending. So if I cash out any money or when I do, uh, because I'll be 72 then, and start, I'll have to start collecting my money, the taxes will be higher in 24 than they are now. So, so there's that is out now and switching them up to a uh, wall. Well, let's start from the scratch, okay? So, first off, the tax laws end in 2025, oh, okay. uh, 2024, okay? So, yes, in 2026, you go back to the pre Trump tax rates, okay? Um, number two, you want to uh, be very careful about converting too much money because. You know the, you know what would you say your typical yearly income is as a family? Is it fifty thousand, a hundred, two hundred, five hundred? About a hundred thousand between me and my wife. Okay, so you wouldn't want to go up more than about sixty or seventy thousand dollars, staying in the twenty-two percent tax bracket, because keep in mind that the uh, when the Trump tax law ends, you go from twenty-two back to twenty-five percent tax bracket. So, you know, if you if you push your income up too much, you're just going to pop up into the 24 percent tax bracket, which is really just a one percent savings on the 25 percent. And you also have to have the tax. You have to have the cash to pay the tax to make a conversion economical. If you don't if you don't have the cash to pay the tax, um, yeah, it can work, but it doesn't work as well as when you have cash to pay the tax. So do you have yeah. the cash to pay the tax? Uh, yeah, I mean, I do. Okay. Um, well, that would be a good thing, you know, but I wouldn't, if you were my client, I would not push you up more than 160000 You also have to be very careful about the Irma surcharge uh, uh, numbers. That's 194000 let's call it. So you don't want to pop your income up any more than that, too. you got to be careful about not popping over the Maryland a hundred and fifty thousand. So I probably wouldn't push your income up more than one hundred forty-five thousand because I wouldn't want you to lose the seventeen fifty Maryland tax credit that you're going to get. So it's a lot more thoughtful than just um, the Trump tax laws are ending. Yeah, he he was saying around about maybe twenty grand. I'd say if your income runs in about the hundred and that doesn't push you up more than 145, I'd say that then that he's telling you is a good thing. Yeah. See, my income's dropping <laughs> uh, because I'm a home inspector and nobody's getting inspections anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hear you. Yeah, I understand. But away in the, you know, in the deal. So he's saying, well, since your income's dropping anyway, by switching over, your taxes would almost work out to be about the same. And I think uh, that's a that's a good point, you know. And but I I uh, have to take my first pause for the night. But I think that he's spot on for you there. Okay. All right. All right, Tom. Good question. Right now we got to go to traffic. We'll be right back. Money, riches, and wealth. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. 
They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Now back to more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're here. Open show. And Tom took advantage of it, and uh, hopefully we gave him some good insight there. Yep. His question was on Roth conversions, but you might have a question on something totally different. Maybe you want to ask a question on Social Security or Medicare. You know, that's a question, you know, when I teach uh, retirement seminars, um, they almost always ask me, you know, when, when should you take Social Security? And, and what about this? And, and how about this? And is there anything, you know, and so Social Security is far more complex than you would think. You know, it has to be. Matter of fact, I just helped a uh, very, very intelligent uh, client of ours uh, through the Medicare uh, uh, sign-up process. He, he turned 65 next month. And uh, helped him sign up for A, sign up for B, Medicare D, Medicare uh, B, Medigap, you know, and so forth. And uh, he was like, he was like, this is ridiculous. How does anybody do yeah. this without help? You know, and figuring out all the nuances. He had lots of unique nuances in his situation, too. So, uh, you know, we had to go through and figure out each one along the way. But anyway, what is your question? You know, maybe it deals with uh, tax planning like uh, Tom did, or maybe it deals with your 401k or IRAs, or or uh, maybe it's uh, your insurances, auto, home, life, long-term care. So if you have a question, your turn to call in 410-922-6680. 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question if you want to uh, be the next to direct the conversation. Otherwise, uh, we don't well, have anybody online. We don't have anybody online, but I have an interesting story to tell. You have your story. Go ahead. Uh, so my story to tell is I had in the past week my financial review meeting with one of my clients. Um, I call him dad and my stepmother. And, uh, you know, it's always You don't just call him dad. You call him dad because he, <laughs> he is, is your dad. dad. <laughs> he is my dad. So I had a, Hopefully he doesn't listen to the radio show. He does. He does. <laughs> yeah. No. So I had a call with him. Um, my father is, I think, around 73, 74. Um, you should know that, Mike. I should know that. But anyway, here's the point of my call. I said to my, uh, my, my parents, I said, hey, you know, I think it's a good time for us to start talking about your long-term care plan. My dad looks at me and says, well, I think we're probably too old to buy the insurance at this point, unless you think we can. I said, no, 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 no. That's long-term care insurance. What we should discuss is your long-term care plan. When you get to that stage that all people get to, uh, when at some point they need assistance, what do you want that to look like? And have you guys considered going out now while everything is fine, but, you know, those times are on the horizon, and figuring out what it is you want to do? Right. So I set them so off like on— We like to say everyone needs a long-term care strategy. They don't necessarily need long-term care insurance. Right. Yeah, I say plan, you say strategy, tomato, strategy. tomato. strategy. You need a plan. You need a strategy, <laughs> you know? So—and uh, that's what you were trying to say to your father. And, yeah. 
and, and don't do it. Let's not do that plan if there's a crisis. <laughs> right. Or, you know, do you want me to make your plan or do you want right. to have a say in it? Right. <laughs> and then we can, you know, test the, you know, financial viability of the plan. Make sure, okay, is the way we're living today supportive of having that plan in the future? Right. Um, not so anyway, I just encourage, I know from myself watching families go through the difficulty that we've seen where the kids are just forced into scenario, scenario where they have to make a decision for mom and dad and they don't get to, mom and dad don't end up having as much um, input as you would have wanted them to. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. So long-term right? care planning, if you have a question on that, you can call in and we can talk about that. But we still have open lines. Totally open lines. 410-922-6680 is the way to call in and ask your question. 410-922-6680. So let me go over some of the uh, 2024 um, issues that are changing. Um, in 2024, you can make student loan payments and if you're not participating in the 401k, you can still get the company match uh, based on your qualified student loan payment. So that's a, that's a unique new provision, but the company has to adopt that provision. There's some provisions that are mandatory, some are optional to the employer. So, you know, what's your, what's your situation? Um, you know, if you've got student loan and you're paying it, but you can't participate in the 401k because you don't have enough cash flow, so you're losing out on the match, maybe you should be hollering at your employer to consider adding uh, that provision, which is now new. But we have callers online, so let's go to Steve. What do you say, Mike? Steve, how can we help? Yes, I got a question for you. I got a couple questions, actually. Um, I'm Me and my wife, we're trying to plan our future out. I'm looking for a company that has like a one-stop shop where they have like a financial planner, tax advisor, anything like that for our retirement stuff, stock market, all that good stuff. And then also, is we live on the eastern shore. Is there someone over there that you recommend or maybe even in an Annapolis area? And some good questions to ask the financial person that talk to well you sound like you're talking about our company <laughs> um yeah, and yeah, uh, I'm just, I'm, but we work with we location. work with clients all over the united states we what do we have 26 30 states covered uh, i think it just went up by three so i don't i don't remember the final count right and now. we have clients in two countries in the world that have u.s so, addresses you know you don't well i like to always say steve you don't want a local financial advisor you want a good financial advisor and nowadays right. good financial advisors are normally national firms and uh, so if you wanted to talk to us about that you know we do everything you just said that's exactly who we are and what we do heavy emphasis on tax planning and uh, we manage what now mike 700 800 million a billion something 700 to 800 million yeah 700 to 800 and I, million. I would say though if you're you know wanting to know well, what questions would you ask you should ask well how do you get paid like, you know are you receiving uh commissions from anything you would you know, give advice for or are you only receiving fees from me and look for NAFA advisors napfa.org and yep. uh, you can run the screen and see if there's you know, people that, you know, are more local if that's what you uh, really want. So, and what are their uh, credentials? You know, what are their do they credentials? have CFPs, are... CPAs? Yep. So those are the things you where, want to look for, Steve. Where are some of your offices? 
We have an office in Hunt Valley, an office in Gettysburg, and then you could come to my office in Amelia Island if you want Florida. Are you going to stay in Maryland when you two retire? No, we plan on moving to South Dakota where there's no income. I'm originally from there, and there's yeah, no so, income tax there. So, so you want a national like advisor a, anyway, right? Right. We plan right. on doing the, doing the snowbird thing up, moving up back in South Dakota and during the summer warm months, and then in the colder months, heading down like to the North Carolina area. Sure, yeah, that's perfect. And you got to be very careful as to how you do that. You know that that kind of right. uh, dual citizenship is very important to make sure that North Carolina doesn't say, "Hey, we want a lot of money out of you." Do you well, have another quick question that you want to ask, or I got to go to my other callers here? Go go ahead and go to the other callers, but I do appreciate it. Thank you. We appreciate right, you. Steve. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Good call. All right, great. We got more callers in the line. We'll go right to Jeff and Woodlawn. Jeff, how can we help? Hi, Drew. Hi, Mike. Hey, hey how you doing? Fine. Uh, I have a question about estimated taxes. Uh huh. Now, let's say you've planned your withholding so that you always get like a refund of like five hundred or a thousand dollars. You don't owe anything, and you don't run yep. into the estimated penalty. Yep. Now. Let's say prospectively you do a, a Roth conversion or you sell a bunch of stock or something and have a capital gain. And let's say that pushes you, you know, you end up owing, uh, you know, anywhere from like $5,000 or on. So there's a thing, Jeff, called safe harbor. Okay. Safe harbor means that if my tax liability last year was ten thousand uh-huh. dollars, if I pay in at least eleven thousand, I'm not going. To, even if I owe them fifty thousand dollars, I'm not going to have to pay any interest. It's called safe harbor. The other safe harbor is if this year I owe ten thousand and I paid in at least nine thousand, I'm in safe harbor also. So it's either one hundred ten percent of last year or 90% of the year you're in. So either one is safe harbor. And keep in mind, the interest charged is only on the maximum safe harbor. So even if you leave, oh, 50,000, and you only pay in 10, and you only needed to pay in 11, then your own interest is only going to be on that $1,000. But you're going to have to hold if you want to talk more on this, because I have a hard break I got to take right now. Take it away, traffic. We'll be right back. Money Rich and Wealth. To more of Money, Riches, and Wealth on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back. Money, Riches, and Wealth. We're on an open show tonight. Uh, you're the guest. You get to direct the conversation like uh, Steve has, like Tom has, like Jeff did. You get to determine which way we're going to, what we're going to talk about. Maybe it's something that you say, if you can answer this, this would be extremely helpful to me. And uh, the way to do that is call in 410 410- 9226680410922680 I think we've only got one caller online so there's plenty of lines open 4109226680 Is Jeff still there uh, Mike I'm Jeff are you still here, still here? Uh, yeah to summarize the safe harbor rules for estimated tax it's 110% of your prior year's tax liability or 90% of the current years Yes now let me clarify that um what what income range do your family have? Is it like a hundred thousand, fifty thousand, two hundred thousand, five hundred thousand? Maybe about a hundred. Okay, so you're probably under the hundred percent 
of last year's taxes safe harbor. So in other words, if last year's was 10,000 and you pay in at least 10,000 this year, then you're safe harbor. Even if you owe 50,000, you won't owe any interest. Okay, and then if you exceed the safe harbor, you just pay interest on the amount in excess of the safe harbor amount. Right, correct. If so if your safe harbor was 10, and you only paid in nine, you're only going to pay uh, interest on that $1,000 difference, even though you owe 50. Now, there's an exception to this, though, and that is if you are paying your taxes exclusively or primarily by estimated tax payments, if you don't make first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, and only make your fourth quarter, all of it in the fourth quarter, in an estimated tax payments, you may owe some interest based on the timing of the payments you should have made. But there's a way around that, isn't there, Drew? Yeah, so what Mike's saying there is that if you, you had to pay in 10 and you paid in 2500 a quarter, you're good. But if you pay in one the first quarter and then nine the last quarter, you can't call that safe harbor because you didn't do it equally through the year. But what Mike's getting at is what we do is we'll take money out of an IRA, let's say, in, uh, in December and bring us up to safe harbor so that we don't have to worry about it because a withdrawal from an IRA product is considered the same as equal throughout the whole entire year. So those are just some of the tricks you can play. Uh -huh. All right? Have you ever heard of anybody being hit with a neg negligence penalty for estimate, you know, not paying in enough estimated, or is it just the interest? It's usually just the interest, uh, you know, so no. You, you shouldn't have any problem... If you meet your safe harbors, there's no problem that I, I've ever experienced, you know, for not paying. But if in you enough. don't, what you if you don't pay in your your safe harbor, your interest penalty, there is no such thing as a negligence penalty. You just owe interest on the money. Okay, is, it's is if you don't report your income, that's where they're going to hammer you. Okay, and one final point. Um, do you see any possibility that in the future, if the federal government really needs money, they may just say that while we exempted, you know, Roth IRA income, you know, that it would be tax-free, you know, we've, just, we've changed our minds and uh, it's they've already taxable. They've already talked about that, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, the Biden administration just talked about that, that if you have more than X dollars in it, they're going to force you to take it out and pay and, and uh, you know, and, and get it out of there within a sh very short period of time. It was going to be like three years. Mm. You had to liquidate the account. Now, that was, you know, for accounts, I think it was more than like $10 million. Oh. But, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't think they're going to do it to the little guy, but they could do it to somebody who has 5 or $10 million in the future. i got to run. i got Gary on the line. i got to right, go to Gary. You. But those are great questions that Jeff had there. Yeah, absolutely. Know? We'll go straight to Gary. Gary, how can we help? I want to do something with Bitcoin. How do I get in? Well, if you wait a little bit, you should be able to buy it on an ETF. Um, yeah. That, you know, so that's coming up. Um, you know, uh, but to me, Bitcoin's the most ridiculous investment ever created in the history of mankind. But it's on you fire know, right now. I understand. And the reason it's on fire is because there's an ETF coming. So there's a lot of people front running the ETF okay. uh, so that the ETF gets to buy it at a higher price so that when people realize that Bitcoin is a worthless thing, you know, I mean, the problem I have with Bitcoin is that it's nothing. It's literally nothing. It's 
right. something that somebody said is something, but it's nothing, and it has nothing to it. There's no, right. you know, people make fun of the U.S. dollar, that the dollar's worthless, you know, but I've got a government, I've got a military, I've got taxing authority, I've got national parks and uh, so forth. You know, I got gold in Fort Knox. I got something. Well, with the cryptocurrencies, they have FTX. <laughs> yeah, that is. That's a humorous thing you're saying yes. there, Mike. You yeah. know, FTX is uh, you an know, exchange it's, that it, it's an exchange and... that is totally bankrupt, and you know, Coinbase has its troubles. I'm not saying it's uh, anything like FTX, but you know, that's the way I would buy it if you want to buy it. Is that you're going to have an ETF to do it, but. You know, you should all. You can also go to a crypto exchange like Coinbase and buy it. Buy it there if you want. Um, Gary, the I, one I, other thing you should know, though, is that if you do buy crypto, uh, when you file your tax return, every transaction has to be reported. So if you're doing your own taxes, then that's just work you're going to do. But right. if you're paying somebody to do your taxes, that's work they're going to charge you to do. Right. Oh. And they make you sign off on a statement whether you've made any transactions in Bitcoin, whether you sold any or bought any, et cetera, et cetera. And not that if you buy. If you just buy, you don't have to say yes to the question. But if you bought and sold a crypto, right. now you have to answer yes, and now your return goes off into a little uh, base where they want to look at your return a little more. Okay. All right, All right buddy. Thanks for that. All right. Thanks, All Gary. Right. And I, I would never just. I would never tell somebody not to buy Bitcoin because who do I? What do I know? It could go to five hundred thousand. I mean, I've seen people do crazier things. People um, have made money, but yeah, there's a lot of people who've made a lot of money on Bitcoin. But you know, my problem with Bitcoin is the same one that Charlie Munger says: is is it's nothing. It's it's a real. It's literally nothing. And as an investor. It's hard to invest in something that's nothing. Now, they argue that Bitcoin is limited, and, and because it's limited, that's what gives it value. And I would disagree with that because you could have 8,000 cryptocurrencies. You could have 8 million cryptocurrencies. You could argue that Bitcoin is the most recognized. I understand that. But uh, I, if I were going to buy a cryptocurrency, I'd probably buy Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum before I would buy Bitcoin because at least Ethereum has something else going. But well, you're for definitely it. not making any recommendations that way. I'm I'm not making recommendations, Mike. I'm just saying that if I were going to think about buying a cryptocurrency, Ethereum has at least something to it in the fact that non fungible tokens are are traded in uh, Ethereum. So at least there's something going on there, you know. Anyway. We're on an open show, Mike, before you get into your compliance mode. We're on an open show, 410-922-6680, uh, 410-922-6680, if you want to call in and ask your question. And all lines are open, and we still have about uh, 10, 10, 15 minutes left in the show to answer your question, 410-922-6680. But I can assure you, Mike, the only recommendation I'd make if anybody asked me is I would never buy a cryptocurrency, yeah, period. You don't own any. <laughs> I don't own any, nor do I ever want to own any. I have never even, I've never worked with a client that has bought a cryptocurrency. Yep. I, I, you know, 
that we have we have assisted We've, yeah. in, in, in helping them. I have clients, Some clients that own, kids' accounts have own cryptocurrency. Up, but, yeah. You know, <laughs> that always cracks me up is that the ones that own the cryptocurrency are the kids of our clients, and and the parents like, oh wow, he's made money, you know. And then a week later, they say, oh wow, he's lost a lot of money now. Well, and the painful part is when they come bring in the stuff and they say, oh, can you do my kids' tax return? And say sure, and then I look at it and go, you know, it's going to be like twelve hours of entering Bitcoin transactions into this tax return. Basically, our billing rate is this. This is how much this uh, tax return is going to cost. <laughs> really? Anyway, Mike, we're on an open show tonight, 410-922-6680. Lines are open. We're going to our last pause of the night. So if you want to get in and ask your question before the end of the night, 410-922-6680, 410-922-6680. Lines are open. Take it away, traffic. This is Drew Tignanelli, and I have a question for you. Is your financial advisor a doctor of personal financial advice? Do you get strategies to reduce taxation, Social Security, Medicare advice, sophisticated retirement planning, investment allocation strategies, estate planning, or help with any issue of money? It is time you do a financial physical with me and my team at the consulate and experience the difference. You hear the depth of knowledge we have about personal finance, so do a financial physical and you'll experience what we believe an advisor should do for you. They should be independent, experienced, credentialed, fee-only, comprehensive fiduciaries. They should be a doctor of personal finance and not salespeople selling you products. Set up an introductory meeting by calling 410-823-SAVE, 410-823-SAVE, or go online, financialphysical.com. That's financialphysical.com. It's time you experience the difference. Back, Money, Riches, and Wealth. It's Drew Tignanelli here with Michael P. McCarthy, and uh, we are on an open show. Jules is on the line, but we're going to go to him in about a second or two, or a minute or two, I should say. I just want to remind everybody that the uh, book, The Financial Physical, is available out there on Amazon. Uh, we price it to sell $5.99. We're not looking to make a profit off of it, but we're talking about you know how this industry operates and then we also give instructional messages at the end of each chapter to lots of different uh ideas on how to do your personal financial advising a lot of people have always asked me one of the biggest questions i get asked a lot uh is is there a book out there that i can read now i can say yes <laughs> there is a book that actually uh gives you a lot of advice on different topics uh, at the end of each chapter there's a there's a planning topic and a psychology topic and a investing topic. And uh, don't poo-poo the psychology topic because that is probably the most important part of financial planning. Understanding that what you think about money is going to determine everything you'll do with and for money is, is a critical component of all financial planning. When we work with a client, we can't just sit there and, and try to 
force feed economic uh, information down them and say, you got to do this. You got to understand how the client's thinking and help them work through and into the understanding about why we're saying what we're saying and, and why it is beneficial to them. So anyway, there's a topic there at the end of each. And, and I also appreciate uh, Gary, who's a loyal listener of Money, Riches and Wealth, uh, wrote me today and said he gave my book a B plus. Now to me, that's excellent, you know? Because I was one of those kids in school that wanted to do the least amount necessary to get a B. I did not want A's. If I got an A, that was fantastic. When I passed the CPA exams and I could come back and tell Drew my scores, he would say, well, why did you do that? You wasted way too much time studying. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, all I wanted to know is, did I pass or fail? I didn't need to brag that I got the highest score on the CPA test. I really didn't care. I'm a CPA just like the guy that got the highest score. (laughs) on the CPA test. So a B plus, I take that, Gary. That was a great compliment that you gave me. Um, And I I appreciate you enjoyed it. I don't know what you mean by you give more inside information on more subjects. So um, there are plenty of subjects that I could. I I just don't have time to write out all of them. So anyway... I appreciate that. We're on an open show, 410-922-6680. Let's go to Jules. Jules, how can we help? Uh, congratulations on both of you passing your CPA. Thank you. <laughs> that was many <laughs> moons ago for me, Jules. <laughs> well, at least you still exist with it. Got, my question is about uh, gold. I'm contemplating uh, looking at maybe investing in gold. And my question is, once you invest in gold, um, one, how long would you have to keep it? I know the price fluctuate, but what kind of percentage would you foresee as a, a, uh, a, a fee for selling your gold? Okay, so let's, let's break this down into different pieces, okay? Piece number one is you have to tell me why you want to buy gold, Is it because you're worried that the world's coming to an end and you're a prepper and you want to have gold out there when the U.S. dollar is worthless? Or are you going to buy gold because you think it's a great investment right now and you think gold's got the potential to go to three, four, five, ten thousand dollars an ounce? Well, I would be remiss if I said I'd pick either one. I think both of them are a concern. Right, but which is the one that bothers you the most? I mean, is it? Are you thinking about buying gold because you're worried that the world's coming to an end and the dollar's going to be worthless and you need gold just in case? Uh, because if 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 that's your only purpose, you need to buy physical gold. If you're buying gold, if you're buying gold because you think it's a good investment, then you should buy the ETF GLD and not fool around with uh, physically buying gold. Because here's the problem with physically buying gold, Jules. You have to probably pay somebody at least 10% more than what it costs, what the price of gold is, to get that physical gold from them, number one. Number two, you have to store it somewhere and you have to keep it safe. And number three, when you go to sell it, you're gonna lose 10% to sell it. When, when you when you go to sell it again, gold physical gold is not a good investment uh, unless you are specifically trying to um, uh, worried about you know events that could happen that make dollars worthless and you want some. See, you know, like I say many times, if I lived in Greece 
And I had Greek clients back in 2011 or 12 when Greece was on the edge of bankruptcy, possibly leaving the euro. I would have had my clients consider buying physical gold and hide it somewhere so that, that if they did leave the euro, they would have an outlet to be able to take that gold somewhere and get other currencies other than the drachma. But if that's your reasoning, then, you know, but personally, I'm not in the gold. I'm not buying gold. I don't see any purpose to gold. You get a lot of, lot of hype newsletters and articles and, and, and television shows talking about gold, but the people always talk about it. Go back and look, check this out. 99% of the people that hype gold either are selling a newsletter or are selling gold. Check it out and tell me if it's not true. Oh, yeah, you hear it all the time. I know, but you find who, who's telling you it, and you go and look. They're either selling a newsletter or they're selling gold. They're not, they're not just people out there who are intelligent investors and saying, you know, hey, the gold market's in an incredible imbalance right now. You know, here's why, you know, this mine's gone down or this mine's gone down, et cetera, et cetera. And the demand for gold is shooting up, but da 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 da. That's not, you know, they're normally people who are hyping up fear or greed and trying to get people to buy it, and, uh, and they have reasons that they want that to happen. Um, but there's no, there's no, gold is strictly a supply and demand creature. What's the supply and what's the demand? And here's the cool, here's the interesting thing about gold that you always have to keep in mind is that every ounce of gold since Solomon, since King Solomon is probably still here somewhere in some form. In other words, it doesn't, it's not like most other metals that, you know, got, uh, used and, and trashed somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. It's sitting in somebody's jewelry. It's sitting in somebody's bar of gold, et cetera, et cetera. It's not like the stuff gets consumed the way other metals get consumed, et cetera, et cetera. You know, so if the price of gold goes up too much, people start taking all their gold jewelry off and, and they're <laughs> melting it down, you know, and, and selling it so that the price of gold has a limit, et cetera, et cetera. So... Anyway, you, you feel free, but um, um, I would be careful about buying physical gold. And if you really just want to enjoy the price appreciation, then just uh, that you hope is going to come, then buy GLD in the, uh, the ETF in the stock market and not fool around with physical gold. Okay. Well, I appreciate this. The answers you gave me. <laughs> All right, I'll, sir. I'll reconsider it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, thanks, Jules. And I do enjoy your show. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate you calling, Jules. Thanks. You take care. Um, anybody else, Mikey? Or nope, is that it? It's an no? open, uh, open last. Uh, we couple don't minutes. have enough time to do another uh, caller, even if they did call in. So, but it it is amazing how many times you get that gold and silver thing. But you know, if you really look and and research it, you'll find that. 99% of the people that hype gold are usually selling gold or selling newsletters. And usually they're doing it with fear as opposed to sound, simple economic logic, you know? Yeah. Well, and there's a lot of commodities out there, and some of them don't have the stigma that gold does that drives some of those transactional costs. You know, some of the other precious metals may be a little easier um, to transact in, not in the physical form. Physical form still has the same trouble, but you know, as far as the uh, economic opportunities for metals that are more industrial. 
Well, I think that, you know, I think that gold, uh, you know, it, it, it more than likely, unless you do have a catastrophe of some sort, I think right now the price of gold has been going up because of some of the people in the Middle East have probably been buying a lot of gold. Because when you're in that type of scenario, you have to be thinking about gold as a as a as a as a source of wealth to hide your wealth in, et cetera, et cetera. When you're in that type of an environment, and be able to transport it, you know, to be able to take it wherever you need to to go somewhere, et cetera, et cetera. But when you're in a place like the United States or Europe or wherever where there isn't that type of scenario going on, it, you know, gold is difficult investment to consider at this point in time. Anyway, um, Mikey, we're out of time. As we usual. are. Lovely evening with you, sir. All right. Well, this is Drew Tignanelli saying God bless. Things are gonna be much better